0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, July 26th episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A. Rate. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com and via Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of our SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or TuneIn. With us today is the poet with love, with whom I will be speaking about his poem, People Like Us, and my poem, A New Odyssey. Before we do that, however, I'm going to go over some virtual poetry events taking place during the week of July 27th. On Monday, July 27th, from 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and TV will be hosting the 12th of its 20-episode the Nuijunen's Wind Carriers Challenge, where anyone can participate but only Indigenous youth between 8 and 25 are eligible for the prices, including a grand prize of a MacBook Pro. You can find out more information about that at facebook.com forward slash events forward slash 644 five eight six eight zero. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash events forward slash six four four five four seven three zero nine four five eight six eight zero. At eight PM Central Standard Time, Frizi Productions will be hosting its Poets Playground Open Mic via Instagram live at poets underscore playground underscore. Again that's poets underscore playground underscore. On Tuesday, July 28th, from 8.30 p.m. to midnight Paris time, Spoken Word Paris will be hosting its Spoken World online via Zoom, and you can find out more information about that at spokenwordparis.org. Again, that's spokenwordparis.org. From 3 to 5 p.m. New York time, Urban Word NYC will be hosting its weekly First Draft Open Mic for those between the ages of 13 and 23. It's a virtual writing workshop and open mic series facilitated by Roya Marsh. You can find out more information and register at urbanwordnyc.org forward slash First Draft. Again, that's urbanwordnyc.org forward slash First Draft. From 5 to 5.30 p.m. Arizona time, Arizona Masters of Poetry will be hosting its Speak Poet via Instagram Live at Arizona Masters of Poetry. Again, that's at Arizona Masters of Poetry. On Wednesday, July 29th from 8.30 p.m. Beirut time, Sidewalk Beirut will be hosting its online open mic and you can find out more information at instagram.com forward slash sidewalk underscore Beirut. Again, that's at sidewalk underscore Beirut. Beirut is B-E-I-R-U-T. Again, that's B-E-I-R-U-T. From 8 to 10 p.m. Nigeria time, Solaja Sogo Samuel will be hosting his open mic via Instagram live at Ishola underscore the underscore poet again that's at ishola underscore the underscore poet ishola is spelled i-s-h-o-l-a again that's i-s-h-o-l-a from 3 to 4 p.m eastern time and tv will be hosting nuijanen's got talent which showcases indigenous youths between 13 and 25 years old you can RSVP to participate at T V. That's N-W-E-J-I-N-A-N-T-V. Again, that's at N-W-E-J-I-N-A-N-T-V. From 8 p.m. Eastern Time, a poet named Superman will be hosting his release therapy open mic via Instagram Live at A Poet Named Superman. Again, that's at A Poet Named Superman. On Thursday, July 30th from 6 30 to 7 30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Tiny Cubber will be hosting its virtual poetry night via Zoom. And you can find out more information and sign up at thetinycover.com forward slash events. Again, that's the tiny forward slash events. From 5 p.m. New Mexico time, Chelsea T. Hicks will be hosting the Latest in the Thunderbird Reading Series of events featuring Ines Hernandez Avila, along with other readers such as Josie Valdez, Juliet Taylor, Nada Spada Wolf, and Shayna Nays. You can RSVP to that event at Thunderbird Reading Series at gmail.com. Again, that's at Thunderbird Reading Series at gmail.com. From 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Spit That D.C. will be hosting its weekly open mic via Instagram Live at Spit that D.C. That's S-P-I-T-D-A-T-D-C. Again, that's S-P-I-T-D-A-T-D-C. From 7 to 8 p.m. Arizona Time, Phonetic Spit will be hosting its weekly open mic via Instagram Live at Phonetic Spit. Again, that's at Phonetic Spit P H O N E T I C S P I T. On Friday, july thirty first from seven thirty PM Eastern Time, Marquise ten thousand Burton will be hosting his live poetry freestyling via Instagram live at ten thousand poetry. Again, that's at ten thousand poetry with ten thousand spelled out. On Saturday, august 1st from 8 to 10 p.m nigeria time solaja sojo samuel will be hosting his open mic again via instagram live at ishola underscore the underscore poet again that's at ishola underscore the underscore poet ishola is spelled i-s-h-o-l-a from 5 to 5 30 p.m. Arizona time, Arizona Masters of Poetry will be hosting its Speak Poet Saturday via Instagram Live at Arizona Masters of Poetry. Again, that's at Arizona Masters of Poetry. On Sunday, August 2nd from 6 p.m. Paris time, Paris Lit Up will be hosting its monthly writers workshop featuring Gracie Bielecki. You can find out more information about that and sign up at parislitup.com forward slash the hyphen writers hyphen workshop again that's parislitup.com forward slash the hyphen writers hyphen workshop and now let us turn to our poet guest of the week with love hi with love thank you very much for coming on to poets and muses
1: thank you I'm so happy to, to join you.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, you brought with you the poem, People Like Us. Before we get into that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Well, my name is Marco Hernandez. I'm a college student trying to become a, a writer, hopefully a published author. Trying to work that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's pretty much it. I'm just constantly, am a poet and a writer to see where my the writing will bring me because uh, has been crazy since so far. And the past couple of uh, days have helped me focus back again to my poetry. So it's uh, something that I want to continue and, and share with the world.
0: Great. So when you say you're a college student, did you say what, what major you were taking?
1: Well... At the time, I was undecided. Right now, I'm trying to go back and focusing on English and uh, basically focusing on creative writing.
0: Okay, cool. It sounds like you do uh, several genres of writing, including poetry, of course. So I was wondering when you uh, started writing poetry.
1: I started writing poetry in elementary school. Oh,
0: wow.
1: uh, My elementary school in fifth grade, they basically, brought this woman who was a poet and she basically had like a small class every Wednesday Mm -hmm. to write poems Mm. and so because at the time when I came to the United States in 2005 I I didn't know much of English so Mm -hmm. um, when they were giving these classes I had somebody who basically wrote the poem translated from Spanish to English and so I kind of was able to express myself in a way that was so new to me and so different mm-hmm. that from then on, it just started this kind of uh, love for writing and uh, continue from then and on.
0: Right, right. Given what you kind of wrote in the your post about this poem, in terms of how people are not, you know, sometimes they tell you that you don't your Spanish is not good enough I think that's what you wrote and also your middle name is Stefano which sounds more Italian than Spanish I was wondering if you
1: yes um so I was born in Italy my family moved from El Salvador to Italy Ah. and uh, I learned Italian I kind of knew how to listen to Spanish Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to properly speak it Mm -hmm. I still have have a for some like native speaker they say that I have a weird accent towards it
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because I have Italian Spanish and English all kind of like jumbling together right so it's a complete mess sometimes when I speak English or do I speak Spanish or Italian <laughs> and so it's kind of when it became a very like blended situation right and so even in my own family we kind of speak Spanish Italian English so it's a, it's a big mess sometimes sometimes we say a word in Spanish where if it was said in in English, or we say it, or something in Italian, we are supposed to
0: say it in Spanish, so <laughs> oh, it's, it's a big mess. <laughs> yeah, I come across that a lot with other multi or even just bilingual uh, speakers because sometimes you just feel like there are certain words that only sound right in one language. Yeah. I think the advantage is that you get to, in a way, make your own language.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, not to be mean, but sometimes like, I can talk to my mom about certain things that nobody can understand us because we're speaking in Italian. But then we start speaking in Spanish, but uh, right now a lot of people do speak Spanish. So my Italian tends to be our, our like, uh, go-to language when we have to say something in private. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you know the standard Italian or do you also know a regional dialect?
1: I just know the standard Italian. I do some know some words... But I don't know. There, there are too many dialects, so it's a, it's very hard to, to to find a specific one. So, but no, I I know the standard one.
0: Okay. If you don't mind, if you could read your poem for us, and then we can talk about it.
1: Sure, that would be great. Thanks. So this is people like us. Apparently, the fairy tale life wasn't for me. Prince Charming did not come to my window. He went to someone else's instead. He saw the ugly duckling and looked the other way. The mirror did not lie, and the truth never stopped being a bitch, that no matter how much it may hurt, she will stab you until you get the message. People like us are not part of the conversation. People like us are not the majority. People like us are not not mute, but when we raise our voices, we are too loud. People like us us have dreams but never to be shared or seen people like us don't get a chance to see what love looks like. Now I certainly cannot drown in my sorrow or drink or smoke or stick my arms with needles because I can be an addict so give me this five minutes. I've seen the world from the eyes of a man and from the bottom of a liquor bottle. I've seen the world from the eyes of a boy Too afraid to come out of the closet while using needles and white sugar to numb the pain. I've seen the world from the eyes of a woman who put the lives of her children above everything, including herself and away after a long ass day. People like us can't wait to have a moment of peace, but our brain did not get the memo. People like us can stand still for too long or the past will find us. People like us can keep pretending that this is fine because none of this is fine. The world has already forgotten us yesterday or the day before that or maybe even a month, a year, or a decade in the future. People like us can get anything done or can live in this world with the rules that you made. Someone told me a man should be like this, a man should act like that, a man should never cry, a man should always be the provider, a man should keep firm and strong, a man should never date men, a man should never look or act or dress like a woman, a man should not deal with this bullshit, neither do you. People like us can fit in your box and we won't stay in your closet. We will never be your skeleton or your dirty little secret. People like us may have to fight twice as hard, dream twice as much, love twice as much. Isn't that fucked up? I may not have the Cinderella story. I may not look like a prince or a model. I may not achieve half of my long list of dreams. One thing I do know is that despite all that, people like us are here to stay. We won't be silent. We won't surrender. We are here. We are proud. We won't change to fit your mold, but we will change this world.
0: Thank you. Appreciate that.
1: Thank
0: you. Do you mind telling us when you wrote this poem?
1: I wrote this poem about almost two months ago. Mm. and it was in a period where I was uh, starting to have uh, again small panic attacks and so I tried to use my poetry one more time to kind of ventilate my my anxiety and my thoughts into paper
0: Mm. you say uh, again do you mind sharing why you were having panic attacks
1: so I normally have panic attacks because of, I've been through it before and it's just a moment where there's a lot of uh, stress, especially in these this times with COVID-19 mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of, uh, like wearing the mask, it, it's sometimes suffocating
0: mm-hmm. a while
1: and going to work every single time, putting the mask on and doing this, uh, trying to keep the charade, almost like a charade of continuously living a normal life Mm. but at the same time you're kind of dealing with this situation and personally I have to be with the idea that I have family members in Italy and Italy was affected a lot Mm -hmm. uh, with this uh, crazy virus so thinking that they might not make it thinking that I'm not going to see them again and then my panic attack fully fledged in because of that right
0: right yeah that'd be really tough in your work, you are an essential worker.
1: Well, I technically, I'm not. In, the only thing is that my work is inside a Costco. So we are basically tagging along with them. So that's what um, pretty much I am in. But yeah, I'm pretty much with the, uh, the frontliner at this moment.
0: Right. Wait, did you say your work was in the hospital?
1: No, it's inside a Costco so basically I I work in a kiosk inside a Costco so basically the Costco is still open so it's my job I am lucky to have a job because there's so many people who are now struggling to basically have enough money for basic essentials so right um, working with a company that I am with I still have a job that I can still go to and and that's great yeah
0: yeah I'm very grateful for my local supermarket for staying open at the same time it's kind of depressing to go there even if it's just my own feelings <laughs> you know um, yeah Costco is usually packed do you It is. it still is
1: yes in the morning we see the long 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 line and for a while we see the long lines in the morning especially they were are trying to Get, uh, they're open much much earlier from 8:30 because of uh, they trying to get people over 60 to come inside early to get at their groceries so they can go back home and they can still get what they need without having to be exposed too much as well. Right. When we did the, like carpool with my mom, and so we see that there's a line that crosses does the entire curve of the Costco, and sometimes it can be even longer. Wow. So yeah, in the morning you can have a lot of people in it. Now it, do, it, it does come down in the afternoon, but there's still a lot of people who come in.
0: Right, right. Yeah, people still need their groceries. It's, yeah, um, we never stop eating. <laughs> well, <laughs> what made you decide to write this particular poem?
1: The line that literally really started was, the fairy tale life was, for me, it was, an, uh, it was uh, I don't know if you know the song from <laughs> uh, Cheetah Girls <laughs> that has that line in it. And uh, when I was listening to that song, and it kind of reminded me that, like, I was kind of tired of this idea that everything is uh, beautiful in, like, perfect package, and so right. people aren't, I don't like that. They, you cannot put a person in a nice, beautiful bow and make uh, their story perfect or be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no such uh, beautiful path through things, and so... People like us was an example of kind of saying, uh, uh, I had enough of uh, putting people in boxes and uh, Mm -hmm. demanding that things are gonna be perfect all their life. Their story is not gonna have any flaws into it.
0: Right, right. Well, I I find it interesting that, you know, you were going back and forth a little bit. It's almost like a song, the structure of the, the poem itself, right? Because, the refrain is you kind of talking about your personal there are some personal aspects and then when it comes to the chorus you tend to go into things like people like us you tend to use a group subject so I was wondering yeah. why was that a, was that a conscious choice
1: yes definitely it was a conscious choice because I always wanted to put two points of view like uh, uh, in a larger scheme for, for how I see this uh, craziness going on and, and how many of us feel in the world, uh, especially when I go with people like us, it's just it feels kind of like, like saying that we're not in the conversation, we're not in maturity, we're not mute. There's so many people who don't feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. Right now, a lot of the time, minorities always don't feel like they belong or people else in the LGBT community don't feel like they belong. And uh, um, I belong in both both of them. I am Latino, mm-hmm. I am an immigrant who recently became a United States citizen, mm-hmm. and I'm also in a part of the LGBTQ. Um, I'm gay, and it's uh, something that uh, has affected uh, my way of writing this poem, and uh, in a sense that it's hard because when you are in that situation society kind of wants to put you in in one certain way and make you that have everybody have this one certain story Mm -hmm. but that's the problem there's a lot of people who have different story and it's not like that fairy tale life that everybody believes in everybody has a different story maybe your story is different than mine and how you perceive it but Sometimes people just kind of want you to have, you have to be this way, you should act that way, you should follow this way path, then that's the only way to go. And so I don't okay. want to have that mentality in the poem. It's basically saying that I think. <laughs> right,
0: right. As you said before, especially in the entertainment industry, you know, all the videos for the songs are, even when they are grungier songs, they're still perfect in the way that it's been perfectly engineered. So I yeah. thought it was interesting that you basically start off the poem with something that's in some ways looks broken. Yeah. Um, do you mind sharing why you wanted to start out with that particular point of view? Well,
1: books that I really, really tend to go for are went in a story like The Bad Beginning. I really love that, that that story from Lemony Snicket. And it's it's a story that basically starts with a very really, really bad beginning. And I think I wanted to start with this bad beginning because I didn't want to go for like a once upon a time situation because it's like I didn't mm-hmm. want to just make it sound like it's a, oh, and this happy little story, because it's not. It's mm-hmm. uh, the, the poem it's kind of reflecting on the on the reality of things and it's uh and like it says in one of the lines it says the truth never seems to stop being a bitch because it, it uh, unfortunately the reality is and the truth is in the rainbows <laughs> unfortunately right. uh, we wanted to be we wanted to be happy and beautiful like a fairy tale and fantastic but you kind of gotta have to face the fact that sometimes things aren't aren't like that. Right. So I wanted to show them, like, okay, this, like from the very start, I'm gonna show them, that I'm not gonna give them, I don't, not gonna sugarcoat things. And all I in my
0: poetry, I never tend to sugarcoat things. Right. I tend to go for the for the what I think it, it truly
1: matters, and, and and go for the for what uh, what I stand for.
0: Right. 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 In the very first stanza, of course, you, uh, you talk about some of the things that, that are not perfect, that's more real life, that's more, uh, it seems like a more personal experience. Tell us about this third stanza. Why did you choose to talk about addiction? Sure. Because
1: I'm I severe with panic attack and depression. A lot of the time, it feels kind of, I cannot drown in my sorrows, basically, from my depression. Days where um, a lot of people kind of told me like, oh, you have to, you should try to smile, try to be happy. And <laughs> at, at the time, it's it's very hard for people who have depression, anxiety, you have a problem with mental illness that they are telling them not to, not to feel it. And unfortunately, it's something that you cannot go through. And so when you're when you're trying to go through those situations and, and you say, oh, a lot of people, especially in the LGBT community, I maybe mean, you uh, who go to drinking or smoking or drugs, and, uh, or people even outside, or maybe straight who go to those kind of drugs or addiction to cope with that kind of pain. And but unfortunately, I I see, like I've been, I continue with the stanza. I've seen the world from people that I know who have tried to cope with their sorrow by drinking or using drugs uh, or putting their their 100% effort into someone else's just Mm -hmm. to eventually kind of still feeling that after effect of of those uh of those mental illness no matter what Mm -hmm. so it's uh it's very very hard because society will continue telling them no you have you have to feel better right now you have to continue with what you like and unfortunately that's not true and, and it's hard to do uh, continuously doing that because for some people it's hard
0: yeah yeah it's very difficult to deal with depression and anxiety obviously people who suffer from it wish that they could just shake it off like other people want them to if it was only that easy right <laughs> yeah
1: I totally understand <laughs>
0: And it's, it's really interesting that, you know, when you talk about I've seen the world from the eyes of a woman, the example of a woman who is basically putting her children, as you said before, or someone else above everything else, and, and not dealing with whatever is, issues that's uh, plaguing her own life. Was there, yeah. was there something personal about that? There
1: have been a lot of women in my life that um, I've I've personally known either as friends or family that I've seen that and uh, I yeah it's a lot of the time we kind of demand the, of, uh, of our mothers and stuff like that that they who are like housewives and things like that and they kind of like feels like they, they put their own uh, dreams their own. Uh, lives everything else on pause because they are mothers and they completely dismiss that they are human beings who have dreams to have goals and other things like that Mm. and but when you're when you're a mother when you're a parent like my mom you will understand that you will do anything for a child i think
0: Mm. yeah yeah and so
1: it's very very hard to to kind of balance that
0: (laughs) yeah yeah there there are definitely a lot of women who do there are women who put all of their attention on their children because they have been unable because of societal pressures and or prejudice or misogyny or whatnot that prevents them from pursuing their own dreams and then Sometimes it translate into added pressure for the children because their children then feel like they have to live their mother's dreams.
1: Yeah, that's why I, I love the, the last part that, including herself, and that brittle away after a long day. And I think it's just kind of like after all all that effort, all that even like the term tiger moms I think and every every person who tries to do everything they can for their children kinda of eventually feels kinda of like they're they're falling apart because it's they put so much effort. It's a tough job, that's what I wanna try to say and it's to be a parent and especially mothers who knows who knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, they know their children a lot more than sometimes we give them credit to. <laughs> yeah.
0: You also talk about this idea of being forgotten, you know, or or on the way of being forgotten. In what sense of being forgotten did you want to convey with this particular stanza?
1: I think it's mostly because, for me, I have seen, I've been living for my 26 years of life, I've seen that a lot of things kind of that have affected us through him, history through things kind of get left forgotten and people I've noticed in my personal life that that people kind of like while trying to survive this world kind of forget you or forget that you were there in the first place Mm. Uh, or we forget one another when when it matters the most Mm. and so I feel like when society and people around us kind of forget us in a sense that even like come on, even like two or three years ago, we had this uh, this Black Lives Matter, and, and uh, not even later. It was like months later. It was just like boom, it was gone from the media and completely and forgotten from some people' minds and words, and so. Uh, but unfortunately, the problem didn't disappear. Yeah. The situation didn't change, and so. Even for the LGBT community, especially trans black women, mm-hmm. the problem still is there. There's still people who are dying in the streets every single day that nothing is being changed. So the, the problem hasn't changed, but we forget it. And so it's, uh, and I hope that this doesn't change again. And, and I wanted to wake up people from like, I make them understand to not forget at what is going on and not start pretending that everything is fine, everything is peachy. So oh, because nothing is
0: at this time is going great, we need to make changes. Right, right. Like you said, you know, it's usually some really horrible, horrendous incident that makes everybody pay attention and the media is focusing attention. And and then even though the underlying problem have not gone away, the media attention goes away. And then people who don't have to deal with it in their everyday lives can go back to thinking that everything is fine. Yeah. Especially, as you said, for the trans community, especially trans uh, women of color, it's especially difficult to get even media attention. Yeah. When they die horribly. Yeah,
1: and not even not media attention, just clarifying that their death was caused by someone killing them. <laughs> they, you know, there's some time where they are misgendered in the files, and so they kind of like uh, what the numbers are are much much larger than we actually expect them to be. So it's uh, yeah. I it's also the people who are immigrants on, on things like that right now. Uh, we still have problems in that situation, and uh, yeah, everything that every problem. That is affecting us, sometimes uh, the people who are not affected, like you said, not affected they personally, just uh, forget it. And then a couple of months later, when something else happened again, they're like, oh, yeah, this problem still exists. And so well, it's kind of frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there, there is always some shock associated with that, right? When when George Floyd happened, there seems to be shock, especially in media about how oh my god this happened again but then then you have to think to yourself but you know for somebody who's experiencing it it's never gone away it's just the coverage has gone away or or even for for the trans community the coverage was not even there because because again their their identity is not even recognized
1: and that's why the last line of the this- this, this stanza, it makes a lot of sense to me because it says that like people like us can seem to be doing able to get nothing done because a lot of the time there are a bunch of uh, uh, political rules or types of like litigation and things like that that kept on like blocking us from making bigger changes. It's, it's ironic that even like women' rights have not been still moved on and it's been almost like, Right. Uh, 50 60 years where like we're like you're like they're able to vote, vote and then other things that it's just uh, appalling that there's still this ruling things that i haven't changed yet and so that's why uh, i like that last line of like things can cannot be done because there's so many rules that uh, will stop us from making any changes right
0: right right yeah i mean because it's not it's not so much the rules that we have to deal with. The rules that are codified, people don't seem to actually live by those particular rules. They live by rules that are unspoken. Yeah. And then you, in your poem, you go into detail about um, how you are personally affected by society, about these societal rules in some ways, uh, about what uh, constitutes a man. Yeah.
1: That's very, very hard because a lot of the time we say that, yes, uh, I believe there's so many uh, problems that a lot of men kind of see in in women that they have extremely, should be 100% offended from the action and the words that other men have said. Uh, But I think that there's one thing that a lot of the times we kind of... uh, there's an expectation for men to be a certain way Mm. they have to be always strong they have to always act a certain way they have to be unable to be feeling Uh, they always have to be this night tight little box and it's uh, or they have to dress in a certain way or they have to act like this or that or they try to they can uh, never uh, pass a certain line or say a certain way. And it affected me because uh, I'm <laughs> definitely not, I'm not good at doing things with my hand. I definitely am <laughs> not the sporty type person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to write. I am a uh, very fanatic of anime. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am nerdy <laughs> in, every, in every possible sense. Of mm-hmm. the word, and uh, I don't fit in uh, uh, that standard. I can be more like a like a Steve Urkel in a sense, <laughs> like that kind of <laughs> uh, kind of kid who kind of everyone doesn't understand, but he loves his own life the way he is. So he walks his own path the way he wants. So that's what I I always see my see myself in a sense.
0: Right. Right. There is a certain expectation, maybe especially among or maybe it's just a stereotype of Latino men to be macho and to only act a certain way. Yeah, definitely. I
1: certainly see it. That's why a lot of the time uh, in the LGBT community, a lot of people have have to run away from their countries or they have to run away. because uh, unfortunately, especially, the, the, once again, the trans community is the one that gets hurt the most. And the numbers are, when I first saw the numbers one time when somebody told me, when we went to see the, from, from the website, Equality website and GLAAD, that one of the major, major countries who trans people tend to die in is in the Latino, in the Latino community and Latino countries. And I'm like, I, did, I expected it but the numbers that they that they were showing me it was it was heartbreaking and i wish that latino the latino community understanding how we're going through people kind of always kind of saying that we're a certain way or treating us badly should have a little bit more of, of a open heart to other people's pain but i'm not saying that every single one of them it is i am saying that there's 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 a certain uh, stereotype behind it Mm -hmm. and some of them are true some of them are not and uh, it's uh, hard to see through through the people that are in the community and yeah it's very very divided in that sense yeah
0: yeah there's a lot of stereotyping in many ways right there's the stereotyping of the latinx community from the majority culture here in, in America. There's that sort of stereotyping, and there's the cross-gender stereotyping as well, both within the Latinx community here and Latin America as well. Yeah. It's it's just a lot of cross-intersectional uh, prejudice. And, yeah. and it's frustrating partly because, I guess because this country is so big and it's so inward looking in many ways that we actually don't know that we don't tend to look at how LGBTQ communities especially are surviving and also thriving in in other countries as well. Um, Yeah
1: so and it's for me uh, especially that passage always kind of reminds me of like kind of like okay I came out of the closet I was like okay I'm like I'm supposed to be this is where I am and I'm falling in love with another man and now you're t- telling me that I have to follow these standards even as, as a man, I have to follow your standards and I'm kind of like, well, I don't fit in that one and that one and that one and that one and that one. I'm like, so what you say, I cannot be part of your society and so mm-hmm. that's why a lot of the time it's the entire thing, it's like of the poem, like it cannot fit in a specific box that people want us to be mm-hmm. and uh yeah i just want to just say that that's why that people like us are not like able to fit in that specific nice beautiful box that everybody wants us to be and
0: right right and, and the box it itself is not very it's not the same anyway for each person that you're talking with that has a preconceived notion of who you are supposed to be or who somebody who's Uh, a latino is supposed to be or somebody who's a part of the lgbtq community is supposed to be it's it's yeah we all like i
1: said we all have our own
0: stories yeah yeah exactly and i love how you most of the poem you're saying this is not what we're not but then in the last two stanzas i feel like you talk about more what we are and what we're not going to be and it's it's a very I feel like there's a turning point. That's the turning point in your poem as well. Yeah. Was it a deliberate effort to finish in a defiant voice?
1: Yes, because I was, and I think a lot of people are, and that's what I think is every single moment it is. It's being tired of of the status quo. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's always somebody who is going to be willing to put you down for, for trying to portray justice and for other people and for to have a a better world for everybody and Mm -hmm. not be able to but they want us to be silenced they want us to just surrender they just want to make us disappear and uh, forget that we have any problems and forget that we exist and you know unfortunately that's that's the thing we're we're here we're people from all different uh culture all different different races and we're all different stories mm. and we're all on different way of seeing ourselves and we can be still you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later continuously making the same mistake and so <laughs> we're kind of like all of us are trying to in our, our way shape or form say we have it enough it's enough we're not going to be quiet Right. we're not gonna continue this this constant cycle of hatred and death and horribleness towards one another we're gonna stop it here we're gonna change this world and that's why I say I wanted I wanted to remove this mold of, uh, of this world that we kind of horrible world that we created and change it to something better mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I think it's it's really great that you our ending, um, well, actually, the entire poem is in, in many ways a rallying cry, right? To a defying rallying cry to say, we are here, we're, we're proud, we're here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. I think this aspect of facing hardship and deciding to start anew, to transition and to search for a better life, is also something that I was trying to address in the poem I sent you which is called a new odyssey so I'm going to read that and and we can talk about it
1: sure
0: I've been a wild child I've been an adventurer I've been a home is where I plant my foot sword though I never thought I was a rolling stone I'm for easy friendships, conversations started on one continent, being picked up months later on another without breaking thread, was as routine as daily bread. And I was happy and light like a bird who didn't live to feed. But This decade has chained me down, made me stare at all the reasons origin never meant home a hearth refusing to catch fire under a flaming torch, a cold that permeates the wavering noon heat of a desert summer and storms that thunder only when I'm camping out under a brilliant light-prick night. Yeah, I have my reasons to leave, to roam the universe needing to clear out before things settle into comfort, though what it is has never been defined for me. Instead, it's the dogged feeling that some things awry, the past catching up, one I keep trying to leave behind, but wears me like a second skin, like an old-fashioned possession. This decade has pummeled me with this unwelcome reality. It held me still and confronted me like the previous quiet victims of an egregious crime I long to forget now insistent to collect on the debt. And I don't have partners to deflect from the penetrating gaze that asks one question over and over, why, why? Those easy friends have no endurance for such prolonged heavy odysseys with no siren, cyclops, or exotic lands, just drifting through ceaseless fog waiting for me to steer from instinct, dulled from denial, neglect, and disuse. These ten long years I gave no direction, I've been training as for a price fight, often weary and tired, begging for an end, blindingly searching for the exit on foot, then hands and knees, then with arms outstretched. I've gained where there's no possession, I've seen with my soul's eyes in the darkness, I've tasted though flavors cease to be, I've heard frequencies outside of existence. Imperfect as I was, imperfect as I am, I am ready.
1: That's great, that's
0: awesome, I really loved it. (laughs) Thank you, I appreciate that. As I was reading, I was thinking, there are certain things about it that reminds me of what you wrote as well. There's a similar sense of trying to escape from a past, which I think you also talked about in your poem.
1: Yes, it's kind of like a bad decision that you make in the past. Like you try to almost forget about this bad situation, or not maybe bad situation, but the, the sad reality that it's big. You kind of try to run away from. From it, and you don't want to be almost like associated with, and so you you want to escape from everybody. It, it almost always find you, and I and I really really like that that you put it, uh, it in a different sense, but it's, it's yeah, I like it on your phone. Thank you. On uh, the second stanza, says that uh, I'm for easy friendship conversation starter on one continent. What do you meant by that? Uh, that was something that kind of confused me.
0: Oh. From a personal standpoint, this particular poem has a lot more like autobiographical aspects of it. And I used to travel a lot more. And I have, I have friends from all over. It's those friendships where you feel like you didn't have to make so much effort. Because sometimes, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, whether it's a friendship or, you know, something else, a romantic relationship. Sometimes you can feel very heavy, something that takes a lot of work, extra work. And not just work that you expect from any relationship, but work that even if you put in, you feel like you're going nowhere.
1: Yeah, and I totally understand. Unfortunately, a lot of relationships, depending on if it's a friend or like you were staying or uh, even before, there is an effort you have to put in, but it kind of it's uh, meaningless if it's uh, all only on one side. Yeah. So yeah, I totally, one hundred percent, fully understand that. Yeah.
0: Yes. So in this stanza, I was kind of just reminiscing about. I mean, it's it's a, it's a naivety, isn't it? In some ways. If you know, given the totality of my poem, this particular stanza it, is looking at back at a more innocent time, in some ways because it just came so easy, but as the poem will tell you later on, it's not because those friendships were really real, or had any depth to them. They were more shallow. Yeah, yeah, and I totally understand. There are some friendships that, when
1: you were younger, they're very, even when you're you're a little kid, it's more like, oh, you give me that, I give you this, that we're friends now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. and, And nowadays, when you're more of a adult you're kind of like expecting more of like oh i i'm gonna help you despite not expecting anything i'm gonna try to help you as much as i can and then and hopefully when i do hit a certain point where i need your help hopefully you'll be there for me kind of situation That's how I see friendship. I don't don't know how you
0: personally see friendship. Yeah, I mean, that's what you hope for, right? You hope for friends who will be there when you need them, and you also want to be there for them when they need you. The kind of friendship in the second stanza was a lot more, you know, very breezy. When you look back onto the second paragraph, onto the second stanza from a later point during the poem, then you realize that this is a shallow friendship. But from the standpoint of if you just had arrived at the second stanza, then you think, oh, okay, this is is an easy friendship. I don't know if that makes sense. And Yeah,
1: it it kind of does make sense. Well, another question that then follows with this one is the, the sense of kind of like, running away from that kind of friendship. That's what I like about it. It's in the, uh, one, two, three, four, fifth stanza, it says, instead of dog uh, feeling that something arrived, uh, the past catching up, and one keep trying to leave behind, but wears me like a second skin, like an old-fashioned possession. I love that one because Thank I totally you. can relate to that. Specifically, but mm. what exactly were you meaning for that one? Were you try, trying to leave somebody that you know, or personal, or what was, uh, was just an emotion that you felt?
0: It wasn't some, any one in particular. It was just, I guess you can characterize that as more like a bad habit, more like things that were going wrong that continue to go wrong, and you want to fix them. And you're, you know, one, one of the ways that we try to fix things is to leave behind the bad parts but sometimes those bad parts are ingrained within us because we take part in the in the relationships right so no matter no matter what no matter what new relationships we form with other people the fact is we are always in those relationships so whatever bad habits we might take into the new relationship it the bad habits are still there they're still consistently there
1: yeah it's it's a it's an endless cycle that you create with the people with it's not sometimes my people aren't even their fault of the other person that mm-hmm. you bring this in in the relationship but it kind of feels like it, it's a it's a cycle until eventually you say no I need to stop doing that to people
0: <laughs> right right and and you know we can we can also participate in in a the cycle as you said by choosing the same dynamics so choosing choosing to continue to have the same dynamics with a another person even though there are another person they exhibit similar traits as the previous person that you leave behind
1: yeah I notice a lot of the time you say it's 10 long years so it seems like this that between like, so this past decade seems like uh, something that you have mentioned a lot in, in your poem. So first of all, when did you write the poem? And, and from when when this decade started to the end, end of it, do you see yourself have changed from the
0: person that you, when you wrote this, this poem? I wrote this poem a little bit more than a year and a half ago. So it's pretty recent and i do feel like there are things that i've tried to change i think there are things that i understand a lot better i'm not sure how successful i am at changing all the things i want to change and I yeah think- i
1: totally understand there and that's why you know my poem i kind of like even the things that we want to achieve we might not be able to finish all of the things that we want to achieve in one lifetime or things that we want to change in ourselves, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's easier said than done. <laughs> right, <laughs>
0: right, in, in, exactly. Even in a decade, can be a
1: very, very difficult to change uh, some uh, some habits or um, some ways of seeing people or uh, in our interaction with some people. And uh, yeah, so it's it's hard to do, but uh, it seems like uh, there is at the end you kind of see your your own imperfection and, and uh, understanding them and almost accepting some of them and uh, some of them trying to say, yes, I'm actually, this is who I am, this is, I'm um, ready to make, make change, but also accepting that uh, I, I will not be able to be perfect, that's what I like. Right,
0: uh, right, exactly, I mean, that's exactly why I ended the poem with imperfection, with the, sort of the acceptance of imperfection. And also, like, previous to that last stanza, I, I talked about developing new skills, you know, um, seeing possibilities where I thought there were no possibilities before. Yeah. Uh,
1: one good line that I always put that is like, um, in the midst of adversity lies opportunity, mm. and it's from Einstein. Right and I always like that line that no matter what if you're, you're struggling so much, it's gonna be, you can find a way to, To succeed and to be able to change things that you you think in life are basically impossible, even the imperfection that we believe in ourselves can be changed, or even accepting them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the hardest to kind of accept imperfection. I mean, it depends on personality, of course. Um, For some people, it's very difficult to accept imperfection, to accept, to learn to give yourself a break and to sort of, like, help yourself take the stress off.
1: Yeah, and eventually also that will will bring it back again to the the relationship you bring to other people, Yeah, Uh, because, uh, (laughs) yeah, you can can love nobody unless you try to learn how to love yourself, and so, yeah.
0: Right, and also, Um, if you don't know how to love yourself, how can you show others how to love you right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah perfectly said i feel like there there is a, a lot of that in your poem as well as i said i mean it goes through this arc of first realizing the imperfections of life and realizing that it's not as it's depicted but it's as how we live it and how we live it is very different than how society accepts us, or how society uh, has taught us to expect from different people. And and then having t- to accept it, but also to say, well, this is the way I am, deal with it. So. Yeah, and uh, it's true, it's uh, a lot
1: of the time there's uh, a lot of people kind of expect us to act a certain way to behave a certain way to not feel a certain way to be defined in a certain way because of what other things that we're supposed to be defined as and the well unfortunately it's not true everybody cannot fit in that simple beautiful box that like i've always been saying there's that they kind of like uh, and nobody can fit in perfectly in one thing and so from both poems there's this uh, understanding that because we are all imperfect we are also and from my point that we are different it's in the sense that there's no one way of doing things and no one way to live your life and no one way to love someone and no one way to do things and so yeah yeah
0: yeah exactly that's why you know I think similar to that sentiment is where i i'm talking about this uh, learning new skills you know the idea of gaining where there's no possession so basically realizing that you can have things outside of something that's material and that you can see in a way that's that's different from just using your eyes to see so learning learning to appreciate life from a different, or different angles.
1: Yeah. Everybody has their own point of view to see the world, and uh, it's nice that even to gain that perspective, that would be fantastic to see from another person's point of view.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: And you can learn a lot more out of, out of life because you see their point of view at one point or another. Right,
0: right, yeah. And yeah.
1: appreciate what you have when uh, you have it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about your poem and, and to share some understanding or give us a glimpse into, you know, your life and what made this poem possible. So in closing, I would love for you to tell us where we can see you read or, you know, I know you post your poem, so, uh, and also how we can follow you.
1: Yes. uh, So I have Wattpad page uh, that I post my poetry. I'm not constant, but I always, at least once a week, I post a poem in it. uh, One or two poems that I want to share with. uh, So you can go to Wattpad and look for either Planet Marco and on it. So the it's P L. A N number three T Margo, and you can find me on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'm in the DC area with a busboy and poets. I sometimes go to those locations and uh, uh, to go to their open mics, and you might be able to find me there. Oh, great. Yep.
0: Wonderful. Uh, and how do we follow you on social media besides WhatsApp?
1: I also have an Instagram which is uh, Planet Marco 1.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you very much again for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was great. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Wonderful. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com or on social media via Instagram or Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can now listen to the Poets and Muses podcast via Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Stitcher. Thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. I hope you have a safe and healthy week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.